0: Welcome to Vistas by WebCheck Security, news, views, and insights into the cybersecurity realm, leadership, and entrepreneurship. Produced by WebCheck Security, my name is Greg Johnson, and I'm your host. Vistas is also sponsored by Vivint Smart Home. If you're looking to have the best in security and home automation, then look no further than Vivint Smart Home. They have the best technology for cameras, doorbells, garage sensors, window sensors, thermostats, everything you need all on one app. For world-class security and home automation, call vivant today, 1-800-570-1313. That's right, 1-800-570-1313. Now, Vistas is also honored to be sponsored by Nexus IT, a worry-free, hyper-responsive approach to providing world-class IT support and solutions so leaders can focus on, on their business well today's topic i'm excited about this it's insights on building a quality company and who better to talk about a quality company than our guest earl foote the ceo and founder of Nexus IT Consultants. Earl Foote is a 22 year old, or 22 year old, you, you uh, re- retrogressed there, Earl. <laughs> Earl Foote is a 22 year CEO and cybersecurity expert at Nexus IT Consultants and is regarded as one of the nation's top managed service providers. Nexus IT Consultants provides IT services to businesses throughout Utah and specializes in cloud solutions, compliance, and cybersecurity. Nexus offers a full range of managed services that are suited to organizations and businesses of all sizes and in all sectors. So a little bit about our guest today. Earl has a degree in CAD drafting and design technology from not only Salt Lake Community College, but he studied structural engineering at the University of Utah. He founded Nexus IT in 1998 and hasn't stopped sprinting since. (laughs) Earl is also a recently appointed board member of the salt lake chamber so with uh, that introduction earl welcome to vistas
1: hey greg thank you so much for having me on uh this is such a pleasure and um an honor for me thank you for the the gracious introduction um uh i hope that uh, myself and our company and our image always lives up to uh to such um, accolades as you've given today.
0: Well, thanks Earl. It is, I mean, I couldn't think of a better guy to have on this podcast. The first time, uh, I, for our listeners, Earl's a man of integrity. He's just a good dude. Uh, he's a man of fun. He plays the bass in a rock band. What's the name of that band, Earl? 90 proof, 90 proof. And they actually do gigs. Uh, you can be seeing them, uh, playing, uh, I don't know, six to 20 times around the city. (laughs) You guys do quite a bit. Um, but uh, Earl, you've had a unique journey from start to where you are today. Um, personally, I've, uh, in our last few years, in our associations, I, I've watched this nifty evolution uh, where you've gone from a, a, a reputable and high, high-powered, high if you will, IT services company, but to now a more elite uh, relationship company. And, and I'm sure you're going to want to talk about that, but also adding cyber services in the mix which, of course, are so important. Take a minute to tell our listeners about Nexus IT Consultants, and then I'm going to ask you to share um, your story of how uh, how it all started and, and what your evolution has been.
1: Yeah, very good. So um, today, Greg, we are a 22-year-old outsourced IT services firm, as you had mentioned. We're based here in northern Utah, and we serve northern Utah and beyond. We do have Uh, clients that kind of span um, several different states, particularly in the Western United States, but we also uh, support a fair amount of companies that have virtual uh, teams that are located all over the country as well as um, some worldwide organizations. Um, Our our core offerings today include white glove IT support, IT departments of service, you mentioned cybersecurity, compliance, cloud solutions, um, and as you mentioned, we're not just, uh, you know, a standard average run-of-the-mill type of IT vendor. Um, we've, uh, over 22 years, worked really hard to perfect our model on being a truly ingrained outsource partner to our clientele. And and for us, um, that means doing more than just being the subpar help desk that they call when the printer won't print or when Outlook won't open, right? It is. Um, it is taking a strategic position with that business and, and, um, understanding the growth objectives, the, um, the mindset, the initiatives of the business leaders, understanding where they want to take that company and, um, collaborating with them strategically to leverage technology to enable that for them, um, enable, and at the same time, make sure that we're covering their backs make sure that, uh, they're secure, then they're, they're not leaving any back doors open. Um, and, uh, you know, that we're consistently um, keeping their data and their client data and their employee data safe.
0: Very good. Well, what possessed you to start this craziness? <laughs> Why did you just decide, hey, I'm going to start this IT services company? That is not an easy proposition.
1: I think I was young and foolish. <laughs> uh, right. for, for Like for real, I mean, I think just, uh, probably at the time too young to really uh, understand the breadth and depth of what I was trying to undertake. And uh, once you get going on it, you kind of just go, well, here we go, and and we're just gonna keep going, right? So um, my brother and I uh, actually started the business in 1998 together. Um, We saw an an addressable market in the Northern Utah market. We saw a market that we felt like we could address. Um, my brother had recently graduated, um, with a, with an IT systems administration degree. Um, I, uh, had studied, uh, civil engineering, not IT, you know, not IT engineering. And I, I had decided not to go back to school. So I took his, his books and began to study those, um, you know, and, and begin to, uh, to learn the IT industry myself. Uh, but we, we had noticed that in the Particularly in the northern Utah market, um, for small and medium-sized businesses, they were, as everybody in the you know mid to late 90s was just beginning their digital transformations, the majority of them were struggling. Um, first of all, to find quality, qualified professional partners out there that could really help them transition from, hey, we, we do all this stuff with paper, you know, uh, or we have manual. Processes in place, and we are, um, you know, transitioning to to use technology to uh, to enable our business, and we need a partner who can monitor and maintain and uh, and service that technology, and really run our IT department for us. And so uh, we we saw that uh, there was there was an opportunity. Um, we saw that there was a need in the market, and we felt like. You know, we, we, could, we could provide something that was unique and different because what we saw in the market at the time was, frankly, um, you know, fairly subpar sort of services that were available. Um, and so we, we went about beginning to, you know, to, to formulate our business model and starting to bring on some of our initial clients. Of course, over 22 years, it's been quite the journey, um, mm-hmm. many different iterations and pivots and, you know, trials of different, you know, models throughout the throughout the years. We uh, we did kind of have a consumer services division for a while. Uh, we ended up opting out of that. Um, myself as a musician and, uh, you know, many years ago, I was very interested as well in, in imagery and photography and video. And we kind of developed this niche of um, building turnkey audio video production studios at a time when buying computers off the shelf to do that was not a possibility um, we had we had uh, kind of perfected a model of hacking windows to uh, make it actually produce audio and video effectively these days uh, or, excuse me back then um, and um, you know and so we were we were actually building these turnkey audio video production systems and shipping them around the nation sometimes uh, to different countries and um, but you know around 2005 or so the 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 technology kind of caught up with that and people could buy systems off the shelf that they could produce audio and video with without having you know terrible problems or glitches with. And so that that market kind of dried it up on us. We uh we had an e-commerce division at one point. In fact, we we just in 2018 eliminated our e-commerce division side of the business because um the it had gone um the, the profit in the in the products that we sold through e-commerce had, had really kind of dried up, and so we eliminated that. And of course, you've mentioned you know along the way, um, we've noticed a significant need, uh, really about a decade ago, uh, for um, for small and medium-sized businesses to have a an IT provider and partner who truly understands cybersecurity and compliance. Um, and the compliance thing has evolved significantly just over the last, you know, three or four or five years.
0: Yes, it um, has.
1: <laughs> yeah. So those are, you know, some of the kind of the pivots and the evolutions we've had along the way. Um, it's definitely been an, an interesting journey. It, we've had plenty of lumps and bumps. Um, you know, we've we've taken our taken our lashings here and there, and uh, <laughs> you know, figured out figured out how to uh, how to move forward. Um, it's not always been pretty. Uh, that's the way entrepreneurship and business, you know, is. Uh, oftentimes, it's a uh, uh, it's a lot of very difficult moments and some, you know, some either small or sometimes some big wins here and there throughout the process.
0: Earl, tell us a little bit about the the the, the last stage that I see that you've gone through. I, I kind of liken it to a Saturn rocket, and you get to that that final stage, and and things have been jettisoned, and and now you're on a trajectory and you're going the right speed you've talked to me off the record about uh morphing into a relationship company and uh that you don't necessarily want to be the cheapest break fix model out there and if that's what a company needs and you're not right for them what 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 a company that uh, a company that wants um well i'll let you explain this <laughs> but uh yeah. talk a little bit about that evolution and what it's done for your business and um and, and then maybe share some of the things that your best clients appreciate most about Nexus IT consultants.
1: Certainly. Um, so first of all, yeah, talking about you know, the partnership type of approach, um, we, we operate in a highly commoditized, razor-thin margin type of industry. Um, you know, as far as I know, according to census data, we have about 3,500 competitors in northern Utah alone. And that's not even talking about you know nationwide and um uh you know the majority of those providers are simply kind of a glorified help desk and oftentimes again um not really a good quality help desk per se um and we decided uh, a long time ago, and it's, you know, of course, it takes time in business to, to build these things and to gain the momentum and really have them stick. Um, but we decided, you know, many years ago that we wanted to rise above what was the status quo um, in, in the industry because we weren't comfortable with that status quo. It didn't, it didn't fit um, our core values as people and as a business. And um, we decided the proper way to do that was to, to really take um, a very invested partnership with our clients um, and go way above and beyond just being that, um, that glorified help desk to them. Um, and actually, you know, when our clients uh, want and ask us to do so, we step into CIO roles and we step into IT manager roles and, um, you know, we, we sit in board meetings or in strategic planning meetings with business leaders or with their, their boards and um, and figure out um, there, there are problems that they have oftentimes in the business where there's growth initiatives or um, they need more transparency in the data that they're seeing and the reporting. And so from a technology perspective, we, we look at all of these things and many, many more um, And it's our objective to really um, not only just have really great relationships with them, uh, you know, and and really um, connect with them as people um, and make friendships with them. But at the same time, to have a meaningful impact in their business, not just be, again, a glorified help desk that is a cost center to them. But if we can enable their business and if we can help them add to their bottom line or help them achieve growth uh, initiatives, then you know, we're here to be that partner for them.
0: Well, I can imagine that there are many organizations that really appreciate that. Staffing is hard. Um, I imagine some of your key clients even have IT personnel, but where you come in and listen and augment and help them to look good and be successful, I, I imagine that's very much appreciated by your clientele.
1: Oh, uh, 100%, yes. And so some of our, our clientele um, do have internal IT resources. You know, many of them we are the, the fully outsourced IT department for, and then many of them might have anything from a single IT manager to maybe a CIO with an entire team IT team, but they need augmented resources, whether that be additional hands to execute projects, additional expertise that they don't have within their team, uh, particularly when it comes to the cybersecurity and compliance for internal teams. These can be things that are, you know, are, are not. Um, super, um, they're not, they're not super familiar with just yet. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we are brought in by a lot of IT leaders um, to be that partner. And that's the way we approach it is, hey, we're not here to, um, to cause any problems for you or your team. We're actually here to make you shine, right? We're here um, to make you and your team look amazing and to have your back um, to cover your cover your bases, right? So um, if, if we're brought in on cybersecurity engagements and ongoing monitoring and maintenance and SOC and SEAM services and all these different things, it's, it's all about um, how do we help you uh, address your risk and your gaps and how do we make you shine?
0: And such a refreshing approach uh, versus some of your competitors. As you know, Earl, I interfaced with many of them not only in this area but in the across the nation and that long-term relationship and being part of the strategy and the executive levels is, is very important so as you've grown and nexus has evolved tell us about as a leader some of the key challenges that you perceived at different phases of growth uh and and what have you found to to be some of the key principles of success um that have uh Propelled you to where you're at today.
1: Yeah, very good. Um, key challenges uh, certainly. Over 22 years, we we've been through a lot of you know a lot of historical events. Um, we went through the dot com bust. You know, we we established under the dot com boom. We went through the dot com bust. You know, we went through 911. We went through some internal fraud and embezzlement problems that we had to figure out how to put checks and balance in place. Oh wow. You know, the, to address those, yeah, that was, you know, early on in our first, you know, five or six years in business. Um, you know, we went through the 08, 09 economic downturn. Um, you know, there's been uh, other things, you know, again, I said in 2018, we, we actually, we, we gave up half of our yearly revenue by, by, um, by eliminating our e-commerce division um, and have actually built up, you know, rebuilt that revenue in IT and managed services um, and beyond that, to this point, um, and, and of course, COVID, you know, threw a has thrown a, a wrench in the work for <laughs> all of us, right? I was going
0: to say, uh, Who can forget COVID 19? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, while we're actually in one of the sectors that is currently thriving, and our business has been thriving, and, and COVID has actually brought a lot of new opportunity to us, um, but but it it threw wrenches in the works that we all had to figure out how to deal with, and we had to figure out how to pivot, and we had to figure out how to be relevant and how to, to, continue to be of value to our clientele. Right. Um, and, and so there's, there's been all of these, you know, interesting little um, things along the way, of course, as a services based business, you know, our product is human capital and um, human capital is one of the most unpredictable, you know, products that you can put out there. Um, creating a widget, creating, you know, a gadget, creating some, You know, app or uh, some consumer product. I think your your variables. I think, and I'm you know, I may be biased here because I've always been in a service based business. But when your product is human capital, I think your variables increase significantly. And so, um, you know, finding and retaining the right people that uh, that fit your culture, that fit the model that you're trying to deliver of elite. You know, premier products and services to your clientele. Um, them having the right mindset, the right capabilities, the right skill set, and then your 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 stealth. Um, you know, honestly, I know that at various points throughout our history, uh, as an as an organization, our growth um, and our evolution as a company has been limited by my own mindset, my own knowledge, my own skill set, or that of of other leaders within the organization, and so. Those are um, you know, things that we're, we're continually working on and continuing, you know, continually trying to evolve. That's why one of our, our core values is the practice of growth and abundance mindsets, which we have found to be you know, very, um, very useful and key to us continually learning and evolving as people and as an organization so that we, we remain relevant and we continue to be valuable to our clientele
0: so two good principles there the human capital principle that your people are your most important product really i think that's what you're saying and 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 then some other critical things there that you've recognized over the years we could spend a lot of time on this topic maybe we'll have you back and talk about how do you find the right people (laughs) that's that's really important how do you develop an open mindset how do you um be that leader that that can pivot and overcome the challenges that you've that you've overcome well congratulations earl that's uh I appreciate some of those snippets of your story. And uh, the word that comes to mind is Ogmandino when he says, uh, I will persist until I succeed, uh, from the book The World's Greatest Salesman, which uh, debuted in 1967 and it's still a bestseller. And that's one of the scrolls or the the principles that he uh, espouses in that book. And certainly, you've demonstrated that. Well, let's pivot for a minute, Earl. Let's, let's get into the cyber landscape here. Um, what are the key challenges that you perceive your customers are facing today in the realm of cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, very good. Um, so th- this is a an area or discipline of, of IT that is evolving so incredibly rapidly. Um, we are seeing the types of threats, the types of you know the the, the attack of vectors uh, just continually evolve at At breakneck speeds um hackers are becoming smarter their tools are becoming smarter of course they're using a lot of ai they're using a lot of bots um and um that that entire effort to keep networks and data safe um is changing at at rapid speeds as well as now all of the government data security compliance you know uh regulations that are being Placed on top of that, right? And so now you've got, and you and I, this is really you know a core part of our businesses now. Right. Helping businesses understand their their gaps when it comes to SOC two compliance and HIPAA and PCI and GDPR and CCPA, and we could go on with the list. Now, you know, there's there's dozens of regulations now, and most of the businesses that we serve and even, you know, you and I get retained to step into very large businesses sometimes that we would both think or that the public would probably think have a really good grasp of this stuff. And the reality is they don't because it's difficult um, if you're, you know, if you're not a subject matter expertise, if you haven't spent the the time and the energy necessary to really uh, invest into the topics and understand them and stay on top of it. And I could be wrong, but I would say that that, you know, cybersecurity and compliance are probably two of the most quickly evolving industries in the entire world right now. Um, And so for businesses who are just trying to focus, you know, the majority of their focus is on taking care of their customers, producing, you know, quality products and services, um, producing healthy revenue streams and healthy profit. Right. Uh, You know, for them to to step aside and have to think about and understand all of these intricacies of cybersecurity and compliance and educating their employees about it. And how do they deploy cost-effective solutions that address all of these things and controls and practices? It's, it's really difficult and daunting for the market um, in today's world. And that's, um, that's what we're seeing, you know, uh, our, our clients and new prospects that come to us. Um, they are struggling with these items and particularly, I, I will tell you over the last year, the majority of new opportunity that has come to Nexus IT is related to compliance and cybersecurity. Um, and, um, we're just seeing massive amounts of business struggle with the topics. And those are, you know, things that we, have expertise in that we have products and solutions and offerings to address those and help them. And so, uh, yeah, that, that's where we see the biggest challenges right now.
0: There's a house bill uh, right now. Uh, maybe you've heard of this HB 80 before uh, the state legislature that talks about creating an affirmative defense uh, so that if you can demonstrate as an organization that you have done cyber due diligence, it does provide for an affirmative defense. You could only be taken so far with lawsuits with with fines and fees that's not necessarily a safe harbor but the way i've heard it explained is it does provide almost uh an out clause but here's the key right Earl? these organizations um in the state of utah have to demonstrate that they're doing something yes. <laughs> right yeah and if they're not doing it They don't qualify for what uh, the legislature is saying is affirmative defense.
1: Yeah. So um, I guess, first of all, I think operating businesses in Utah right now, I think we've been very fortunate in that our um, our government has done a really good job at trying to enable business, right? They've done a good job of trying to not... Overregulate business to a point where you can't even do business. And now I'm not an advocate for being irresponsible in any way. Uh, in fact, I would be an advocate for, you know, for the opposite, but I, I do think there's a, a balance. And I do feel that for the most part in, in the state of Utah, we've struck a really good balance with that. And I would say that there are other states or other countries where they've gone to the other extreme, you know, uh, really far to the other extreme to where um, they're regulating so tightly that it's, it's nearly impossible for any, you know, business to be able to um, to adhere to all of those requirements. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that this is a, a show of that, of, you know, the, the Utah, you know, state legislature proposing something that, that would, you know, allow businesses um, who have been responsible with their data security to have a bit of a safe harbor. Now, here's the thing that you and I are seeing on regular occasion, right? And that is that the truth is there are a lot of businesses out there that are straight up negligent. There are a lot of businesses that are are not, that they know that they have a stewardship. They know they have a duty to protect their clients' data, their employees' data, and they are turning a blind eye to it and doing nothing because, you know, maybe they don't understand it correctly. Maybe they simply don't want to spend the money on it, or, um, which is, you know, that's a, that's a difficult argument. It's tough to, you know, to, to operate in business with thin margins and then, you know, find budget to allocate towards other things. Um, and maybe they just want to be ignorant to it, right? Uh, but you and I are seeing, businesses and the operators or founders of founders of those businesses now being held liable or or, excuse me, liable, um, if they are negligent, um, if they're deemed to be negligent, if they knew that they had, um, you know, that they were exposing people's data to risk and they didn't do anything about it, or they simply didn't at least do the basics to, um, you know, to cover all of their potential gaps and risks, then in in a court of law at this point, there's not going to be a lot of mercy for them. And we're actually seeing, you and I, for example, we've talked about this. We're seeing even in the state of Utah, the court going after founders' personal assets, right? In order to settle cases. Um, And uh, so, you know, I mean, if if other business leaders are, you know, uh, listening to this podcast, and if I have a piece of advice, it is, um, make sure that you're you're covering your bases, right? There are base, um, uh, you know, base frameworks you can work off of, um, like the CIS 20 is a base framework that you and I, you know, work with a lot. Or NIST, um, NIST is a little more detailed and involved, but but I think if if the majority of businesses are following the CIS 20, that they're doing they're they're being responsible about um, their cybersecurity practices, uh, about their cyber hygiene, and they're they're probably in any court of law going to be deemed to be um, that they weren't negligent and that you know they've, they've done the right things in order to protect that data. And so um, you know any sort of class action lawsuits or um, government you know uh, action that might be taken against you know taken against them is probably not going to. Um, grow legs and go very
0: far. I think you're bang on there, Earl. Implementation Group 1 with the CIS 20 is is basically just four or five things, and that involves uh, understanding your hardware and your software assets, vulnerability management, which you know as Nexus IT, you go in and you see Windows servers that are out of date. Hey, what's that uh, server in the corner? Oh, that's Windows 2008. It's running a unique application, so we haven't upgraded it yet. (laughs) Very hackable, right? And monitoring. Um, and, and so if they can just get those those five things right in implementation group one with the CIS-20, they have a defensible posture. Uh, so you remind me, Earl, of a, of a little story uh, that I think our inter- listeners would be interested in. And uh, the names have to be, uh, of course, uh, protected here. But uh, I won't say if it was a client of ours or a client we heard of, but uh, particular a uh, corporation providing a service uh, where they did have personal uh, data, privacy and and PII, in other words, personally identifiable information um, had a major data breach and uh, a lawyer friend of mine had to go before the Federal Trade Commission to argue on their behalf. And uh, the bottom line was Earl, this committee, and I, I can't imagine the uh, kind of the daunting task of sitting before this FTC committee and trying to argue on behalf of this, this company but what ended up happening was is the committee said because there was no evidence email or otherwise in all of their systems that the CEO had actually endorsed any kind of a cybersecurity or promoted a uh, uh, cybersecurity program um he is liable and it's uh, basically the the fault falls on him and so he was censured and and now they're on a, a track where that particular organization has to go through audits and, and, and touch points. And nobody wants that, right? So it's, it's better to be preventative than to wait until you get in the car accident and then have to realize, oh, I don't have the insurance, right? In other words, in this case, I don't have the protections and I can't prove that anything existed before. Well, we're going to take a quick break, folks, and we'll be back in just a second. Are you in need of a better IT relationship? Concerned about your cybersecurity? Having spent 22 years perfecting the art of IT support as a service, Nexus IT consultants are truly the experts on providing the exceptional experience that you and your team deserve. While entrusting a major part of your success to an outside source, make sure you think of Nexus IT consultants. To find out more, go to www or call them at 435-695-2533. That's 435-659-2533. All right, jumping back in. Earl, let's talk about trends and futures. Where do you see Nexus IT consultants going in this year and 2022 and beyond?
1: Yeah, really, really good. Um, so, um, you know, five years ago, five or six years ago, Nexus IT was probably more of a traditional MSP or managed service provider. Um, we we have and are continuing our evolution into the MSSP space, into the managed security services provider space, and you know, continually adding uh, more and more security solutions to our, our stack of. Uh, products and services that we provide to our clientele, um, and we see that continuing to be a very, you know, a very big part of our business. Um, um, we are an organization that is is growing at a, at a fairly quick pace right now. We're adding new team members. We're adding new clientele, um, really uh, nearly monthly uh, with both of those categories. And you know we we're gaining a lot of traction in in the local market and beyond. Um, We've been receiving a fair amount of accolades, uh, which you know is very exciting. And of course, uh, our team uh, works really hard and is very deserving of those. Um, We uh, our vision is to continue to grow within the Northern Utah market, but uh, you know continue our expansion outside um, into more of a regional market. Um, and ultimately, nationally, uh, we are consistently vetting M&A opportunities. We're looking at you know either merging or acquiring some of our uh, our colleagues in other particularly adjacent markets. Or excuse me, markets. Um, you know we uh, because we are um, a premier elite type of service. Um, it, it is a little hard for us to find the right type of organization that has the right practices and procedures and the right mindset and the right leadership and the right culture that we want to, you know, that we want to um, you know, that, that we add to our umbrella. Um, but that is, uh, you know, part of our current growth strategy and something that we, we will continue to do. Um, and so, uh, you know, the future is bright right now. Um, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're a, a healthy, happy growing organization and and, um, it's really great kind of um, in in business when you when you hit stride um, you're able to really focus inward and begin to work on some of the things that uh, you know in in more startup phases that you don't spend as much time on things such as the internal culture and your employee perks and benefits and Um, just, you know, internal relationships and all sorts of different things, you know, um, that are are fun. And of course, you know, continuing to perfect your model, continuing to, um, to evaluate, uh, at depth, you know, um, how you deliver your services to your clientele, uh, what that experience is like for them. Is it satisfactory? Is it simply, um, you know, is it simply okay? Um, or is it an extraordinary experience? And we aim on every level for extraordinary experiences. And so, um, you know, for us, uh, it's fun to, um, to really get into the inner works of who we are and what we're doing and to understand, um, where we have gaps or where we have blind spots and to work on improving those and come up with new initiatives, new programs, uh, so that we can, we can evolve and we can continue to, um, you know to be a great asset to our clientele
0: that sounds fantastic now let's talk about the elephant in the room in the cybersecurity arena recently this solar winds breach that affected so many thousands of companies and of course our federal government uh, it causes me to ask the question about managed service providers and remote access um, as well as the software that's being used to do that in general um Even localized in our region, you've probably heard of uh, one of your competitors that uh, had issues with uh, some recent customer breaches. So talk to me, Earl, about remote assistance or remote access, and uh, as well as that kind of software in general. Um, And uh, what are the challenges? How does Nexus keep its clients safe um, in in similar scenarios when using those remote uh, access, remote assistance technologies?
1: Yeah. Um, very, very good question. Um, and, um, the reality is, is it's been more than one. And and actually the majority of major IT service providers in the Northern Utah market have been hit. Now the majority have, you know, uh, fallen prey to some sort of, you know, some sort of, um, uh, breach attack ransomware that has affected their clients. Um, and um we know because we end up with some of their clients when it happens right Um, Right, some of their clients come to us in the midst of of chaos um and uh you know we we end up um taking over those those accounts and taking care of those clientele and oftentimes that's a a significant rehabilitation you know remediation project you know to get them back on their feet Uh, we've had uh and and when when this happens to an msp you can imagine let's just say let's say it's an MSP with 1,000 clients, which is a really good size MSP. Um, uh, and if you know, their 1,000 clients are affected because of it, the, the, the problem in front of them is absolutely daunting to be able to help all those clients and get them back up. And so we've actually had um, you know, uh, companies that are clients of ours now that have come to us under these scenarios where they've been down for a couple of weeks and their current IT provider has not been able to help them because they're, they're so deep in the trenches trying to, you know, get all their clients back up and rolling. Um, and you can imagine, you know, a couple of weeks down for these companies. So um, kind of going back to uh, part of your question, and that is, um, it's never been a secret that managed service providers have a significant amount of tools deployed across all of their clients. And these tools allow us managed service providers to monitor what's going on in the networks. To provide remote assistance, to do remote management, maintenance, um, monitoring, uh, you know, and um, of course, for we're seeing it more in the news in the last twelve or eighteen months. But uh, for for a number of years now, hackers have been making that a specific target, right? Understanding that, okay, well, if I just you know, in the solar wind scenario, right. Um, Rather than hacking one business, right, they hack the tool that all of the IT departments use to manage their infrastructure, and suddenly they have access to thousands of businesses, including governments. Right? Um, brilliant. So, it's
0: actually a brilliant strategy, oh, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for for them, it's it's absolute you know scaling at rapid pace, right? Um, you know they're they're entrepreneurs in their own right, and they're figuring out how to how to scale their services at a more rapid rate, right? Um, and, you know, honestly, it's, it's scary and it's something we take very seriously. And, and for me, I think that um, what, what I have to say is as much as IT service providers, managed service providers, you know, managed security service providers, as much as we preach to our clientele to to always follow best practices when it comes to security and compliance, you have to do the same you have to practice what you preach. And so that's what we ha- we do internally. You know, we assess our gaps. We consistently patch, we consistently monitor. We have SOC and theme services and IDS and IPS services deployed on our own infrastructure and our own tools, on our own, um, you know, and we're consistently under attack. We're, con- you know, we consistently have hackers that are trying and look, I, I get, I get significant amount of, you know, spear phishing attempts on myself every single day, right? Uh, and so, Really, it comes down to having the right controls, right practices, and right solutions, and monitoring it all. Um, And you have to do that across your own infrastructure, and your own tools, and your own teammates, and you know uh, just as much as you're asking your clients to do. If you're not, frankly, I feel you're you're negligent, um, and you you you're you're going to fall prey.
0: Good words. Very, very sage advice. And uh, you and I have talked about this before in in other webinars, and and it's really uh, the whole compliance and vigilance and uh, even security awareness training for your employees in an organization, uh, which is not a hard thing to do, uh, but it's critical, right? Um, Well, Earl, this has been fantastic. Uh, We're coming up on the end of this podcast. And what I wanted to end on was uh, uh, some some final advice from the sage here. Uh, what would you tell anyone listening today about their own personal success based on what you've learned? Or in other words, they may not be an entrepreneur, but what would make them or what attitudes or skills have you discovered over the years that make the best employees?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, employees and entrepreneurs, they're, they're potentially one of the same, right? Um, uh, can be yes
0: I, yes yeah, I agree maybe
1: I, maybe I talk about both a little bit uh, you know for entrepreneurs um, a an innate sense either either an in, innate sense of of resiliency or just being too stupid to know better maybe <laughs> some, sometimes I feel like it's been my case right um, but uh, you know being uh, dedicated hardworking having a vision uh, being willing willing to, Uh, brush your knees off and get back up and go back at it to, to figure out a pivot along the way. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, employees, the the things that, um, that I recommend to, um, to technologists who are trying to break into or evolve and, um, advance within the tech industry, whether that be infrastructure or infosec or development or whatever it may be, right. Whatever disappointment may be. Um, you need to find ways to stand out right you need uh, you need to be a team contributor you need to find ways to lead in your own way um, we have a one of our other core values is empowered shared leadership so in our organization whether you have an official leadership title or not you're a leader right um, you have significant value to add to the team in some way shape or form you have knowledge you have a skill set you have Talents, mentality, whatever it might be, that can lift and elevate the team and our products and services. And so, um, I would encourage you know anybody out there that is um, again seeking to to break into the industry or advance within it, um, reflect internally, look at how you can improve. Again, having a growth or abundance mindset and being okay with with just saying, "Hey, I'm not perfect, and that's okay." And I have room to improve and I'm going to I'm going to figure out maybe I got to maybe I got to be very open and vulnerable and talk to somebody else uh, and find out what are my what are my blind spots. Right. What am I not so good about? And I have to be willing to not be offended by 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 that feedback. Right. Um, And so that's another one of our philosophies internally is, is all feedback is positive. All feedback is positive because it gives us an opportunity to assess where we're at. And if there's an opportunity for improvement, right? Um, And so uh, for me, if you can kind of adopt those sorts of mindsets and then really uh, work to stand out, um, I I think that you're, you're on a path to success, 100%.
0: Great advice. Well, thank you very much, Earl. I, I wanted to ask you more questions, but we're at 45 minutes, and I wanted to keep this podcast well shy of an hour, so I think we're going to wrap it. Uh, Earl, how can our customer uh, listeners get in touch with your company?
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Greg. This has been such a, a pleasure and a lot of fun, as uh, our conversations always are. Um, so uh, you can get a hold of us through our website, www.nexusipc.net. Um, you can call us at 877 or uh, connect with us on LinkedIn. Uh, look for Nexus IT or look for myself, Earl Foot. We are very active with LinkedIn. We, we consistently produce, I think, very high-quality content on technology, on leadership, on entrepreneurship. Um, and so, you know, connect with us there and, uh, you know, join the conversations with us.
0: Thank you so much, Earl. And with that... That is a wrap of this podcast. Vistas from WebCheck Security. want to thank our guest, Earl, and one of our anchor sponsors, Texas IT Consultants. We also want to thank Vivint Smart Home. They certainly have the best technology in cameras, doorbells, garage sensors, window sensors, thermostats, and everything you need all in one app. For world-class security and home automation, call Vivint today at 1-800-570-1313. That's one 1-800- 800 Again, to you, Earl, and to Nexus IT Consultants, thank you. Until next time.